0: We're continuing chapter 22, the final chapter of Menachim Aleph. And we are in the kingship of Akhav, who we've been learning about for a very long time. He is from the house of Omri, the general who ousted Zimri after Zimri killed Ela, son of Basha. Uh, just, that's a little bit of the backstory, if you remember. Um, Akhav was an evil king. He was married to Izebel. And he is the one who is famous for... Um, being at the scene when Eliyahu does his incredible event at Hara Carmel, where he kills all the, the Nevi'im of Baal, he's also the one and in the previous chapter took his wife's advice and stole the land and the possession of Naval, of uh, Navot, sorry, not Naval, Navot. So he took the, the vineyard of Navot, and he's also the one who was kind to the king Ben Hadad after God delivered the king Ben Hadad into his hands. Instead of killing Ben-Hadad, the king of Aram, who was the enemy of Israel, he said, he is my brother, we are fellow elitists, and he uh, saved him. Okay, for some menial, trivial uh, uh, economic benefits. Okay, now, now that Akh'av had uh, some level of dominance over Aram, he felt like Aram had previously taken... A, uh, a city that belonged to Yehuda, i mean, that belonged to Israel—that belonged to the king of uh, uh, King Achav—and Achav turns to Yehoshaphat, the king of Yehuda, who is a righteous king, and he turns to him and he says, "Do you know that this place called, what was Ramot, the place Gilad. called? Ramot Gilad is actually belongs to us and it's in the possession of Aram?" And he says, "Let's go and attack it." And then King Yehoshaphat—what's his answer? He says, Whatever you do, I'm willing to do. Now, in order to decide if they're going to go out to war, they bring out the Naviim. So Ahab brings out his Naviim, and they all say, You shall certainly go to war because God is going to give him to your hands. And Yoshafat turns to him and he says, Can you find actually a real Navi? Like, I want a Navi that's to God. Okay, and that's kind of, I think that's where we got up to, right? Is there no Navi here? And then Yahushua says to him, um, There is one Navi that I hate because he never, he never tells me what I want to hear. And his name is Michayahu, Mihaihu ben Imlah. And Yoshapat says, Bring him. Uh, and he says, Don't don't say thus, please bring him. Okay, so Pasuk mm-hmm. Ted. So the king of Israel Achav tells one of his eunuchs, Go rush and bring Michayahu, son of Yimlah. And the king of Israel and Yoshafat, King of Yehuda, Yoshavim, Ish al o are sitting on the, each one on their throne, Melubashim Begadim. Be'gor and Petach and they were dressed in their fine clothing of kingship in the threshing floor that's uh, near the entrance of Shomeron, which was the capital city of the north. And all the nabiim, the fake nevi'im, of course, are doing their prophecy before both of them. ben Kenana, this fake Navi named Tzidkiyahu, son of Kenana, made these. Uh, iron horns. And he said, "So says Hashem. So says Adonai. With these horns, you will dis- you will you will uh, uh, gore Aram until you destroy them." Now, it's it's, it's a very interesting. The Navi, he is claiming to do to be doing Nivwa in the name of God, and he's even using symbolism. Now, we do see. In the Nivim, that very often their Nivua comes with a, with some symbolism. Um, why can't I think an example now? There are, there are examples. I I'll, I have to read Wait in the question. in the Alex Israel book. He gave a few examples, but the Navi is trying to look like a Navi of Adonai. He's even quoting Adonai in his in his Nivuah, in his fake Nivua. John, yeah. why is it from the beginning of this chapter they do not name, uh, who's it, Achaf? They don't name Achaf. They only name Jehoshaphat. They're only n- naming Jehoshaphat. That's a good question. I'm, I've also it's realized like the that. King, says, the king of Israel. And Jehoshaphat, king of Yehuda. And then it's like, the king of Israel is Yosefat. Melchisav, Jehoshaphat, Melch Yuda. It keeps saying the king of Israel only, and Yosefat, Melchisav. We'll name him. Okay. Uh, I, it's a good, very, very good point. I I don't know. Very good point. And all the Nevi'im are saying the exact same thing, saying, Go to Ramot Gilad and you shall be successful, and be successful, and God will give in the hands of the king. Now, this is exactly the reason Yahushua knew it was all nonsense, because they're all saying the exact same words, and they're doing Nivwa in unison. Nevoah, as we know, is, uh, is, is seen through the prism of the Navi, which means that the word of God is consistent. But every navi reads into it in its own way, right? It's it's filtered through the mind of the specific navi. So if it's a true nevi'ah, it shouldn't be identical to the next nevi'ah that's saying something similar. It should not be identical ever. Okay, and that's how, according to the Radak, uh, according to the Midrash, actually from the Gemara, that's how Yehoshaphat knew that the whole thing was nonsense. <speaking in Hebrew> The messenger, the eunuch, who was sent to call out to who to bring him, Micaiah was the good navi. Who we said it's not explicit in the text, but <clears throat> we said was the navi who told Achav after he had sent Ben Hadad free that he is going to die in the next battle. Okay, um, so the messenger that went to call Micaiah, he called, he spoke to him, and he said, by the way, all the other Navim. Are saying a good thing to the king so make sure whatever you say you say exactly like what they're saying and you speak good okay And he said by life of God and he said I'm not going to do that whatever God tells me I'm going to do. So the king comes and he says uh, sorry, he comes to the king. Mikhail comes to the king and he says, the king says to him, Ramot to Should we go to Ramot Gilad to go do battle or should we not? And he said, for sure you shall go and God will give. And God will give in the hands of the king. Now what is it? what are those words exactly? Michai the king, he, they bring Michai okay, and the king asks him, should I go to Ramot Gilad or should I not? And he says, Michai Mikhayhu says, go up and be successful and God will give in the hands of the king. Now what are the where did Mikhay learn to say that? From other prophets. <laughs> the other Nevim all said, go and be So now Mikhay Hu is in a joking way taking the advice <laughs> of this messenger guy who tried to like corrupt him before. Uh-huh. And he's as a joke, or in, not a joke, a, a, in a sarcastic way, saying exactly what the Alenaviyim said. So Michai who comes in, and he's like, yeah, go, go, because you will be successful. Uh, God will deliver them in the hands of the king. Why would he do that? Okay, so he's, he's being uh, rude. <laughs> <laughs> so the king says to him, how many times will I have to make you swear? Only speak to me the truth in the name of, the, of, of Hashem. So now he says the real Nevoah. And he says, I've seen that all of Israel are spread out into the mountains like sheep that do not have a shepherd. And God says to the people that are spread out, clearly like running away from war, that these people do not have a master. Let them get back to their homes in peace the implication by the way is let them get to their homes in peace because their leader has now been killed right so the imagery that Mikhail had was all of Am Israel or all of the people of Israel that were at war are running away without a leader and God has mercy on them because their leader has just died meaning Achav has just died in battle okay so the king of Israel says to Yoshafat, Hello Didn't I tell you that he's not going to do a good nibuah for me? He's just gonna say something negative. And he now Mikaihu continues and he says, Now listen the word to the word of God. I see God sitting on his throne, and the whole host of the heavens are sitting on his right and on his left. And then he says, Who will seduce Achav into going against Ramot Gilad so, he shall, he, so that he will fall? And this guy is saying this thing, and this guy is saying something else. The wind came okay? and stood before God. I am going to seduce him. So God says to the wind, How are you going to seduce, Achav? I'm going to go and I'm going to be a spirit of falsehood. In the mouth of all of his prophets. And God said, Go seduce and be be successful. Go and do so. Meaning go and and convince Achav to go out to war uh, to his detriment. And now, behold, you see that God has given a spirit of falsehood in the mouth of all of these neviim that you have here. But really, God has spoken bad about you, meaning God plans to kill you. Now the guy, who is the false navi who brought the horns, the iron horns, and said, with these you're going to gore the enemy. And he slaps him in the face. What, you think that the Spirit of God left me to speak to you? Because this guy needs to maintain his, you know, status. his air and the status Amen. of an avi. He said, "Michaio says back to him, On the day that, that my word comes, you're going to have to hide in the room of rooms. Meaning you're going you're gonna to be in hiding also. Because you think you have the Spirit of God and you don't. And you're uh, you're just an instrument for the for um, falsehood. So, King of Israel says, "Take Michaihu and give him to Ammon, the um, in charge of the city, and Yoash, the son of the king. I guess Yoash is his son, right? Um, Okay, it's it's not here." And then he said, "So says the king. Put this man in jail. And feed him barely feed him bread just to keep him alive, and barely feed him water just to keep him alive until I come back in peace. And he says, says game. If you come back in peace, then we know that God didn't speak to me.'" and then he said, "Everyone shall listen." Right? That, that's yeah, how it's translated. It. all the peoples. Yeah. Okay, uh, so that that's the portion of today. So I, the only thing I just want to dwell on for a second is how much insight we get into the the whole. We we think like the whole false prophet thing is just like some random fall, like. We don't, we don't understand how big of an issue the false prophet, the institution of the false prophet was. But it was a very big issue. The institution of the false prophet was a massive issue because it was the instrument through which the king could A, control the people. And B, make himself feel like he's doing the right thing when he's really not it's a very fascinating it's very fascinating to explore what would be like the modern day versions of this institution because as we see from the story the Nevi'im are like a tool that the king would use to his own benefit you know so they would act like they're speaking in the name of god and they're really just doing the bidding of the king so they're using god's name to do the bidding of the mortal man and that's a big problem they're they are they were like his instruments for preserving his power over the people. Because they, everybody respected God. So if you could claim to represent God, which that's what the king was doing by having his host of Nevi'im, you could control the people. So you see, like, the king expects the Nevi'im to do his bidding. Because they work for him. Which is a crazy thought. You know? And whenever they go to, to fetch michaihu the guy tells him, all the other Navim are saying this, make sure to say it. Like he even has his his goon, go and tell Mikhay like you better, you you better, better do, yeah. you better stay in line. Yeah. It's like a playwright. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a fascinating thing. I, I honestly think the false prophets of today could be like the media. Meaning, it, it's, it's really fascinating to think every system, every power structure creates tools for the maintenance of that power. And I think... What today would potentially be how like power systems take make use of the media or maybe the intelligentsia, where they make use of the people that are the most respected, the experts, or like the doctors or the PhDs in the universities, those people are typically used by the power structures to feed the falsehoods that the power structure wants them to believe so that they could maintain their power. And they spread the word. You know? Mm-hmm. So things don't change. It's just it's just very different how how the the face of some of these institutions change, but power always needs its its help to be preserved. You know what I mean? The power structures always need to be preserved in some way. In those days, the main tool was the system of naviim of these false prophets that so were really, as we can see from the story, clearly at the doing the bidding of the king. So it's a really fascinating insight into the, what the prophecy was. And we'll continue. Baruch Adonai Nedarim. Amen. Amen.